0: caused a frenzy last week, and I know people are dying to know, where are the skunks? Where
1: are the skunks? I will answer that in a moment, but first of all, let me say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody.
0: Okay, now where are the skunks? (laughs) Aren't you going to say hello? Oh, hello, everybody.
1: Uh, That's Michael, and I'm Father Herb.
0: Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Good to be with all of you. If you missed last week's episode, stop now. Just don't even listen to this one. Go back.
1: Spoiler alert. Listen to episode 103. I had a, a skunk in my backyard. That wanted to make his home, in my her home, in my backyard.
0: Better than a skunk in your trunk.
1: That <laughs> well, is, uh, you sound like Dr. Seuss.
0: I read a lot of those books, actually. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, anyway, uh, people have been giving me lots of home remedies. Have they? On skunk removal. This is fantastic. All week long.
0: The power of the podcast.
1: The power of the podcast. But anyway, after I put in the mothballs the skunk chose not to come home anymore.
0: All right. So So
1: I don't know where she is out there. Uh, Maybe she's under somebody else's house. I don't know. She's probably high from mothballs, just (laughs) lounging around. Yeah. Yeah. But then I did see some other critters go through my backyard. The other morning, Sunday morning before mass, and I get up pretty early on Sunday, about five o'clock. So Mm -hmm. again, I, I I really have a beautiful meditative time looking out the back window, having coffee. Sure. And these two animals go running through my yard. And next next to my house is a vacant lot. And I had been out there the night before, and I noticed there's one of those little game trails. Yeah. You know how when animals keep walking the same place? Sure. So they were on that game trail. And one was following the other, and they went through pretty fast. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm thinking they were woodchucks, groundhogs, mm-hmm. but I really couldn't tell. But they were just ambling along, going going west.
0: <laughs> I have no idea what they do. Go west, young man. <laughs> yeah. Go. We have a, uh, a family of morning doves at our house right now. M-O-U-R. Yes. Have we talked about this one on the podcast? Because this blew my mind.
1: <laughs> Did you ever hear a morning dove? It sounds like they're in mourning. Cool. Yes. Okay, ooh. so I
0: guarantee somebody listening right now will be on the same team that I was about eight months ago when I found out that morning dove is not... M-O-R-N. A, it's not the time of day. It's a very sad dove in mourning. Yes. yes. That blew my mind.
1: But they're beautiful. Oh, they're I, really cool. I, I love so, them.
0: But we have a, um, a whole family of them right now at the house. They built a nest in one of our eaves troughs, and so when I'm sitting on the deck and I look up, I actually generally see morning dove tails. Uh, Little feathers. Little little tails. Little tushies hanging over the uh, edge of the... Do birds have tushies? Sure they do. Okay, so they're hanging out, and uh, generally in the evening, I've been sitting out reading the last couple evenings, uh, Mama Bird brings some food home, and they come down, and then it looks like they're dancing and fighting, but I think she's feeding them. I... I Otherwise, there's some domestic no, no, issues. No, that's when Claire is feeding your girls. <laughs> no, no, these are the birds. These are the birds. But it's been kind of fun to watch. And uh, we, I already talked, we had the goslings recently. And then uh, this weekend we spotted baby ducks, which are wow. cuter than goslings, oh, I, they in my definitely, opinion.
1: You, you live
0: in, inside nature. You, you're uh, living
1: in a forest right now.
0: It's, and then I come on, to on the river. <laughs> and then I come to St. John's and I get to experience... All of the animals that come to church every weekend. I'm not going to respond to that at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Anyway, we are already, already approaching the sixth Sunday of Easter. Sixth Sunday. Well, not only that, it's also Memorial Day weekend. Yes. And if you were counting since uh, Easter, how many days have passed already?
0: Um, Not quite 40 because we haven't hit Asc- the Ascension Ascension yet.
1: Thursday w- would have been next week. Because it's, it's still the 40th day is next Thursday.
0: Right. So we're probably around 31 to 32 days past Easter at that's, this point. That's about right. Yeah. And time is flying. Time is flying.
1: But with the sixth, the sixth week of Easter, all of our attention is drawn to two things. The, the ascension when Jesus returns to heaven. Mm-hmm. So it's the question of Jesus being physically absent, yeah. not present but still being present, but not physically. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is uh, Pentecost, the, the the outpouring
0: of the Holy Spirit, this is actually, which is the week after. Yeah, this is a fun time of year, getting to do Ascension. Pentecost is always wonderful. And then followed by Most Holy Trinity, Most Holy Body and Blood. And then we get into ordinary time. But these are some kind of like fun little Sundays. Yeah, I think it goes up. from one to
1: the next, to yeah. the
0: next, to the next.
1: But also... This weekend, you said it's Memorial Weekend, and you have a family wedding, I think you
0: said? We do. We're heading down to Columbus this weekend for my sister-in-law's wedding. I'll be playing uh, the wedding on Saturday evening. Oh, you're playing? I am, yeah. They let you. I play. Did you know that? They, they let you? They, well, I had to uh, I had to pass a rigorous test. I was uh, available. P- piano? Organ? Both? Uh, uh, this will be piano. I'll be playing piano for the wedding. But um, So we'll be gone this weekend, and uh, we'll be back sometime on s- Sunday afternoon, I'm sure. Okay, and we're going to have uh, Mass with music in church? There'll be lots of music this weekend. Uh, Parker will be leading uh, with pretty, I think most of the ensemble will be here. We've been kind of hit or miss, like we had no violin last weekend just because of graduation season and all that kind of stuff. I noticed that. We will be, I think everybody will be there. So you will be in good hands. And Saturday of this weekend, which is May 25th,
1: I am personally celebrating Forty five years
0: since ordination. That's exciting. Forty five years. That's a long time.
1: Forty five years. That's
0: definitely more than my entire life. I was a priest before you were born. You were. That sounds like scripture, but it's not. It's just factual. <laughs> and that's God says before you were born. I, I knew, I knew you. you. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. You were I, did, I didn't know you before I was born. No. Before you were born. No. But I'm glad we know each other now. Yeah. OK, let's get to work. Gospel of John, chapter 14. Did you just volunteer to to read it? Thank you. Okay. Uh, as I said, we're in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 23 to 29.
1: Are you going to allow me to say a word of introduction? Last week I said... <laughs>
0: you can say whatever you want. This is your podcast. I'm just recording it.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Now you tell me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Last week, we were in chapter 13. I said it was the end of the Last Supper chapter. Mm -hmm. And then I said there are four chapters, 14, 15, 16, 17, that are called the Farewell Discourse. And we're still in that. This is going to be 14. So the Farewell Discourse in John's Gospel is just full of all kinds of gems. What Jesus wants to tell, not just the disciples, the, the apostles, but all of the church, like this is important as you live in my absence slash presence. And I keep. I think that's the point for me. The absence of the Lord, but the presence of
0: the Lord. For some reason, when you said it's filled with gems, I pictured a bedazzled Bible. I'm not exactly sure why that was. <laughs> that's what came you, to Your mind. brain works strange. I think it's all that, uh, that healthy
1: food that you eat. It must be. It must be the pistachios. Okay, here's, here's Michael reading John.
0: Jesus said to his disciples, whoever loves me will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I'm going away and I will come back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the father for the father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens so that when it happens, you may believe. You may believe. I'm going to ask you two questions. And the first one is,
1: uh, the second one's going to be about the advocate. What's the advocate for you? But the first one I want to ask you is when Jesus says, Peace I leave with you by peace I give to you. Same line we use right before the sign of peace at Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not as the world gives do I give it to you. So how does the world give you peace? And how is the peace of Jesus different? And uh, this, if you answer this fully, we will be on the air till next week's podcast. <laughs>
0: How does the world give me peace? I think the world gives me peace. Well, I think one of or the, attempts to give peace. One of the ways is what we were we, we opened the podcast talking about. I think just being in the beauty of God's. No, dream. no,
1: no, 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 no. You're you're mistaking the word world. You're talking about people. Je- Jesus is saying I the kind of peace I give you is not the kind of peace that the world gives. Okay. So how does the world attempt
0: to give peace? How does the like in worldly desires? It could be. Is that what you're going for? I don't. I'm asking you. Well, I think the. I think okay. If, if we're going from a more secular viewpoint and worldly desires, I think we try to to give peace through material possession or through um, money, greed, those types of things, possession,
1: power, power. And another P pleasure, pleasure. Yeah. Those are the three big ones. Yeah. And people think they have peace when they have all of that. And what people usually discover is those cannot give real peace, peace of mind, because you're worried about losing what you have. Sure. Certainly the, the possessions or or the power. Mm-hmm. And look at people in power. They're always worried about losing power. So they have to tighten the controls even more. And, you know, they've got to be me alone. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I run
0: the world. Well, I think the bigger question, though, is, and now I understand the direction we were going with this. As you can tell, people, we don't discuss this before we hit record. Uh, <laughs> but I think the bigger question. I discuss it. I just don't discuss it <laughs> with, with <me>. you. Exactly. <laughs> I I think the bigger question is, well, how do you define peace? What is peace to you? I'm speechless. Obviously, words are difficult at this point. But what
1: is peace? Everybody, did you just hear that? Michael is speechless. It's hard
0: on a podcast to be speechless. Yes.
1: Okay, let's go back. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives peace do I give it to you. So Jesus is saying he's giving us peace. And this comes right after he says he will send the advocate. That was my other point. I wanted to talk about peace and the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Okay. So these two are linked. They're not, they're two separate thoughts, but they're connected. So peace for me would somehow be that reassurance that we have when our life is in harmony with God's plan.
0: So this is your definition of it.
1: Well, more my description of it. Okay. Uh, When I I feel like I'm in sync with God, then I have peace. Mm -hmm. So peace is not just absence of conflict or absence of war or absence of angry words. Mm -hmm. By the way, those things are pretty good to have an absence of. Sure. But peace is somehow a very positive, inclusive entity that somehow... I can be comfortable in my own skin, but also be interactive with other people in a in a, a gentle, kindly way. Now, peace is not passive. Peace does not mean uh, I just sit back and you know look at the beautiful blue sky. Sure, peace can be very dynamic as well. And I think when we talk about the Advocate or the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Back to your dove. The Holy Spirit is also <laughs> often represented as a dove, not a mourning dove,
0: not a sad dove, but a real beautiful white dove. Well, I think we use the word peace in other applications. So to say, you know, I'm at peace with, you know, the death of a loved one, or I'm at peace with the way maybe something worked out that maybe didn't go the way that I had planned for it to go. You know, that's an example that we would use. Yeah. Peace. I and also,
1: I, I had somebody recently say, you know, in terms of, um, a treatment, Hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the plan that the doctors had sure that they were at peace. It wasn't what they wanted, but they were at peace with what the treatment would be. Mm.
0: That's a good example. I also think of being at peace, you know, being at peace with doing God's will in your life or feeling as though you are, are living God's desire for the way that your life is going, you know, being at peace with that.
1: And it's for that reason that some people can live in complete uh, turmoil chaos all around them Mm -hmm. and yet they still are very peace-filled people i remember bishop gumbleton who was always the bishop that spoke on world peace and i I heard him give a talk once he was auxiliary bishop up in up in detroit Mm -hmm. he's still living he still gives talks but the talk i heard him give was he said he had been on the forefront of Pax christi and many of the other peace movements and he said, sometimes people involved in the peacemaking uh, activism mm-hmm. were not very peace-filled people. Mm-hmm. He said, somehow we also—it's not just like we're trying to say there's something wrong with the world, but we also have to find that peace within ourselves. It's I, it's both and, not either or, but both hand.
0: I think that we even see that in the news right now, even with the you know everything in the news about the abortion ban in the state of Alabama. And people saying, you know, that the pro-life people aren't always the most peace-filled people, or you can say the, pro, the pro-choice people haven't been peaceful in, in terms of the way that they are, are um, lashing out at, at people that may be praying in front of abortion clinics and things like that. Um, and I know many pro-life people that have been saying, you know, we, we want you to continue to pray and be an advocate for life at all levels, but you have to do it in a way that reflects the love and the ministry of Jesus. I
1: remember a number of years ago, I was asked to de- debate someone on, the, this was at Bowling Green, so it was the BGSU radio station. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not big circulation or uh, it didn't go out very far from the university, but mm-hmm. uh, the speaker was someone who was running one of the abortion clinics in Toledo. Mm-hmm. And the, the host asked me to debate the person on the air And I said, I will be glad to discuss uh, the position of pro-life, but I don't want to approach it as a debate. Mm. I said, we need to talk about it uh, in terms of understanding the other side. And I think I was able to very clearly say what is pro-life but I didn't have to say it in a, a harsh way or try to quote unquote win an argument so much as to say there there has to be uh, there has to be a ground, a ground on which we can start to listen to each other.
0: Sure. So back to this whole image of the advocate then. Yes, because I think in some ways the tie in is, well, God doesn't say, well, I want you to be filled with peace, but good luck doing it by yourself. He says, I'm going to help you with it through the advocate. And so
1: remember, this is the farewell discourse. So Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be with you much longer, but don't worry. In fact, he goes on to say, I will not leave you orphans. I will send the Holy Spirit. He says this more than once Mm -hmm. in this uh, farewell discourse. I will not leave you orphans. And here he's saying, I will send the Holy Spirit. And he uses the word advocate. So do you have any advocates in your life, people who speak on your behalf?
0: That speak on my they behalf? They speak up for you on your behalf. Oh, wow. Do
1: you, have a, do you have an attorney who speaks up for you?
0: I don't have an attorney, no. I, maybe I should get one. Do you have an agent I who don't, speaks for you? No, nobody likes me you, enough for me to have an agent. okay. Yeah. Do, do you have a spouse who... Uh, I have my wife, yeah, yeah. I would say she's an advocate. Okay. That's good. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. This is like group counseling. Yes. And your kids? Someday. Uh...
1: Some days are they at the point where you know my dad can, can can do better than your dad or
0: my dad's smarter than your dad? No, because none of those things are true in their case. So. <laughs> uh, no, I think so. I you know I think that that I think family advocates for one another. This is a word. You know when you when we talk about advocacy, the, the word that comes to mind or or the definition that comes to mind was when I was working. Um, with Bishop Thomas and and others on the strategic plan for the diocese that we've been kind of rolling out on,
1: on evangelization.
0: Well, not one of the pillars is evangelization, but what I'm thinking specifically is kind of our catholic charities and social outreach within the diocese. Right. Okay, one of the we use the word advocacy a lot only because as as church, it's one thing to provide social services, so, you know, a soup kitchen or things like that. But it's another thing for us as Catholics to advocate for the poor and to help them and to defend them and to help them get along in life.
1: Often we advocate for change. Yeah. So it's like the old story, you know. It's not just feeding the person but helping them have a system where they can learn to grow the food so they can feed themselves. Sure. Or, you know, so somehow we... We change systems that keep people in the poverty range or keep people um, on the fringes of society. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to have systemic changes or institutional changes. Mm-hmm. But that takes strong leadership, sure. and that's where advocacy comes in. I knew a woman who was pretty well off herself, but she would often work with the po- very poor people as their advocate. She would, you know, go to the the welfare office. She would go with them often to be their spokesperson because they did not present themselves very well, mm-hmm. and uh,
0: and she would listen to them and know what they're trying to say and then try to help articulate it. And what also comes to mind as as we discuss Holy Spirit, you know, this morning Paul and I were working on some of the plans for the summer camps for confirmation that are coming up. Yeah, and the, the whole idea idea that you know, then we talk sacramentally how this advocate is sealed within us, and all of the gifts and the fruits that come from the Holy Spirit are strengthened within us through the sacraments, specifically confirmation. It's just like God sets us up so well to be successful with what he desires for us.
1: Boy, that's well said. And, you know, sometimes we only talk about the Holy Spirit when we are talking about confirmation or the Feast of Pentecost, instead of really including it as part of our, our year Year in and year out, and we have right now we have some beautiful, beautiful Holy Spirit songs. Mm-hmm. Do you sing them aside from Confirmation or or, uh, or Pentecost? I think you're singing one this weekend. Well, that's because the Holy Spirit's mentioned in the Gospel today. It's because I did my homework. Yeah, you're doing the one with the uh, the the oboe solo.
0: No, not this weekend. Uh, the Holy Spirit, living breath of God, we'll do that one on Pentecost. Okay, uh, this weekend you are singing. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Well, that's the one with the, uh, that you fill the atmosphere. Yeah, your favorite. Your favorite Well, lyric. I don't, I,
1: actually, people <laughs> love that song. I like the song. I, I just don't know about filling the atmosphere. It's because the Holy Spirit goes beyond the atmosphere.
0: Oh, of course. But we can't see beyond it. <laughs> I, mean, I can't sit here and argue the theological uh, ideas behind this song. Yeah. It was well, a cheap you, rhyme. When you, yeah,
1: when you write a song, make sure you don't have cheap rhymes. <laughs>
0: (laughs) I think songs live off cheap rhymes. Yeah.
1: My mother used to always use her morning thing. She'd yell upstairs for us kids to get out of bed, especially on school days. Uh Uh, Arise, the dawn is here. The air is full of atmosphere,
0: (laughs) which means absolutely nothing. But you still remember every line
1: of it. Yeah. And and so we, we still use the line. But that's what I think of
0: when I hear that song. I think you need to learn to be at peace with cheap (laughs) rhymes. We'll work on that on next week's episode. Okay,
1: we will be back again next week.
0: Yeah, have a great weekend, everybody. I will miss being with you, and uh, I'll see you next week back here on the 23 Podcast. Take care.